Comic Book Club News gives you the comic book news you need to know first thing in the morning every weekday in the form of digestible three to five minute long podcasts. Comic Book Club News recaps breaking news stories from Marvel, DC Comics, and beyond Monday through Friday. New episodes drop 6 a.m. ET in the Comic Book Club News feed so they're ready for you when you're ready for the day. Comic Book Club News. You hear it second or third, possibly fourth. weather out there i got my skivvies on i'm ready to hit the waves go take a little surf a little turf a little derf a little wurf you know what i'm talking about because it is cloak and jabber time i'm alex I am Pete. And we are going to be talking about Cloak and Dagger, Lotus Eaters, the latest episode of the show. Pete is already super psyched, super into it. (laughs) I'm just, I'm so glad you're not wearing skinnies right now. (laughs) I don't know what that means, but I'm glad you have pants on. Yeah, uh, well, uh, maybe I won't by the end of the episode. We'll just have to (laughs) see what happens. We'll have to watch what happens live. Now, uh, to give you guys a little bit of a recap of the episode before we get into it, uh, Cloak and Dagger don't have those names yet. <laughs> There's two characters on the show. Their names are actually Tandy and Ty. Uh, they've been dealing with their separate problems and dealing with the fact that they both somehow mysteriously got powers when a Roxxon drilling platform exploded back when they were kids. Now, at the exact same time, that explosion basically caused the death of Tandy's dad when she he drove off the road into the uh, lake. Because he's a horrible driver and wants all to pay right, attention. That's mean. That is mean. That's true. He was happened. trying. I don't, uh, yeah, I mean, I guess you're right. He definitely shouldn't have been talking on the phone and driving. That's yeah. all I'm saying. Uh, and over. also, at the same time, Ty's brother got shot kind of because that explosion happened at the same time. They both got powers. Now, the last episode, uh, Ty tried to deal with his thing and ended up really messing it up, losing his one lead. Tandy, on the other hand, connected with Mina Hess, who is the daughter of Ivan Hess, who was her father, Nathaniel Bowen's partner on the Roxxon project. She found him in a catatonic state, and inside his mind was a door protected by the dark force energy that seems to come off a cloak. So that's the setup for the episode so far. That's where we're going to pick up. Before we get into it, though, we have my favorite section of the show that we're going to do. You ready? Yeah. Yeah, this is... Oh, great, yes. yes, Let's remember to do this part. Yes, see, we remember to do this part when I'm here, Pete, (laughs) when I'm not. We have our New Orleans correspondent, Brett Macris. You can follow him on Twitter, at Brett Macris, who gave us some notes for episode six which is the last episode. So kind of ignore everything I said or just sort of remember little pieces of it. Uh, But he sent us a bunch of things about New Orleans and how it ties into the show. So, actually, one thing I do want to mention before we get into it, and he touches on it in his first note, uh, we set up a separate Twitter account for this that's at Cloak Jabber, and Brett tweeted us a fun video showing how far away Emeralds is from the roof of the Roxxon building, the way that it's filmed in the show. So go to the Twitter feed. You can check out that video. It's uh, pretty neat. He swings from one for the other. I don't know. I don't live in New Orleans, so I thought it was exciting. Cool. Uh, the Rockside Building is the central business district, he says, about five blocks from Emeralds. When Tyrone tells his brother's dirty friend, I just want to get back to the ward, that tells me a couple of things. The ward is usually the seventh ward, which means that factory, this is the factory where Ty's brother's friend was working out of, 
uh, is probably in the seventh. That also tells me that because he now probably lives in the garden district, upper class, we talked about that last episode, he's inferring a little of the social structure around New Orleans that currently exists, like a kid growing up in Bed-Stuy and his parents moved to Park Slope when he was 12. That makes sense to me as a New Yorker. Where Ty gets caught by the guy he's following is also in the CBD. Again, only a couple of blocks from Emeralds. It seems like they're just, they're slowly circling it. Eventually, they're going to get the season finale is going to be inside Emeralds. I guarantee it. I guarantee it. Is that what he says? I don't know why Emeralds is such a huge thing, but okay. (laughs) He's the only thing I know about New Orleans. Voodoo Auntie makes a good point about the history of New Orleans, and one of the best things about the tourist tours, which you talked about a few episodes ago, is how much history you learn about the city. It's burned to the ground numerous times, flooded, famine, then comes back. Which I think, just to pause there for a second, is really interesting with the theme of the show that they built this show. We we talked a little bit about, you know, this is a superhero show. Cloak and Dagger in the comics are in New York. Right. All of the superhero things we've mostly seen in the MCU so far are based in New York. We saw Runaways is in Los Angeles. Uh, It does make it really interesting that not only did they decide, well, we're going to set it in New Orleans, but we're going to make New Orleans part of the show, almost a character in the show in the way. Don't be that guy. What, what guy? Don't be that guy who's like, oh, you know, I feel like New Orleans is a character <laughs> in this cast. Yeah, it's like uh, Woody Allen movies. How New York is part uh, of you know, well, New York is its own character. Don't be that guy. I just I mean, I love the fact that you used where you're where you are and that is important. Yes, it is. Where you grow up and where you're living is important to what you're going through. But don't be that guy. So what would you say that? It takes place in New Orleans, (laughs) which is a very important uh, place for this story. Thank you. And to that point, the amusement park used to be a Six Flags. It's in East New Orleans, rough area. It was shut down after Katrina and never rebuilt. It's straight out of a horror movie. Uh, The whole thing is sinking into a swamp by an average of two feet per year. Poisonous snakes, alligators, and wild boar love it there. It's crazy. It sounds crazy, Brett. (laughs) Yeah. Two of the locations the Detective Circle are in the CBD. One of them is definitely around Emeralds. Again, very important. Remember Emerald. He's coming back later. The other is around where uh, Brett works, which means nothing, (laughs) he says. Uh, No need to look into that any further. Stay away from his work. Stay away. Stop bobbing him, everybody. The third is around the Superdome, shitty area, some crime, lots of homeless camps. Uh, the Ferris wheel is four feet underwater. That place is honestly a post-apocalyptic nightmare. Oh, man. Uh, that woman does no way live there. Anyway, it's illegal to enter without a permit. Um, I should also mention the city is infamous for its corruption from cops to politicians to the water and power company. Uh, by the way, oh, the one last thing we should probably mention is that... Uh, we talked a little bit about the aprons that he makes. He makes kind of Mardi Gras-inspired aprons. You can check them out on his Instagram. I'm talking slowly because I'm opening it up to take a look at it right now. Uh, But at Stray Bullet, I believe, is his username. Hmm, maybe not. Hold on, I'll find out for you guys. Uh... Well, anyway, all right. Yeah, it weirdly got blocked by my settings, but I believe you can check out his stuff. He makes a couple of things. He made a Punisher one. Pete, oh, man. Which you should probably see. 
Well, anyway, all right. I'll look for that better. I'm sorry, Brett. We'll find out next time. Uh, but he makes a bunch of things that'll actually, no spoilers, but be more appropriate for the next episode of Cloak and Dagger, which is going to get back to the folks making the Mardi Gras cloaks. Wait, before we see the next one? I saw, I saw some pictures. I saw oh, some pictures. They put up some man, pictures. I hate when you cheat. I didn't cheat. I saw some pictures. You were cheating. I was cheating. But you can check out those pictures for yourself on at Cloak Jabber, our new Twitter account. <laughs> Let's get into the episode, please. please. Now, the episode kicks off with Ivan Hess, not in a coma, flying to the Roxxon platform. You look excited to say something. What's going on, Pete? Well, what was really weird for me was... They were like, okay, listen, we know after last episode, the important thing to talk about is cookies. <laughs> so we're going to flashback so you get to see a young woman really get into cookies because that's the only way she can communicate with her dad. I thought that was kind of sweet, actually. So this well, was... Yeah, uh, and, and you see what you did there? Sweet and cookies? Did. Well, but, cardamom has a little bit of that snap. It has <laughs> that snap. Piece. Now, I thought it was bullshit and hated it right up until the end. And then I was like... I fucking love that choice. Really? Wow. That's the first time I've heard you say that about the show. I like how you're coming around, Pete. Last episode, we found out that Mina was baking these cookies in her home lab type thing right around where she works. She's picked up the research that her father, Ivan, has been working on. Uh, And yeah, so he's taking those cookies. We find out she baked them for them successfully the first time the day that he was put into his catatonic state, yeah. uh, which makes it, like you said, to jump around much more poignant. Uh, Dude, and I like that. It really fucking paid off. And I was really impressed. I, especially with right? the acting of the coma guy. Well, they, I love the fact that they set that up last episode as a weird detail and did not pay that off until the end of this episode. Yeah. I thought that was kind of wonderful. And what a fucking payoff because it all makes sense. Can I talk about it now, or should we talk about it later? Let's talk about it later. We'll okay. get to it in a All little right. bit. But uh, I, I actually do want to say, just to take a broader step back, that's kind of how I felt about this entire episode, because this is spoiling a little bit of it, but once we got into it, I was like, oh, okay, another sci-fi show with a Groundhog's Day episode. Mm-hmm. But it just, the reasoning for why they made a Groundhog's Day episode and why they structured the episode the way they did and how it paid off emotionally with the characters, again, so much better and went so well beyond the premise and the way that it was set up. I thought it was fantastic. We'll talk about that more in a second. So uh, we get to see him bonding with his younger daughter, uh, or his daughter when his daughter was younger. We get to see him fly into the platform. We get to see the beginning of this very, very bad day where everything starts to go wrong. I mean... Why wouldn't you order shielding tiles? They seem so important. Well, we've talked about this before on the podcast. Roxxon is not a good corporation. We saw corners left and right. Exactly. We saw in the present on the project that Mina is working on, they didn't care where they put the drilling pipe. They're still being shitty. Yeah. Yet she's still working there. Well, listen, sometimes you work at places you just don't like because you got to make that money. That's true. Or you think you're going to make it better from the inside, which is what I think Mina is trying to do. Let's hope so. Yeah. Take it down from the inside. But given the fact that they were cutting quarters back in the day and they're cutting quarters now, that points even stronger to whatever disaster is about to fall Another explosion is going to happen. Man. Absolutely. Probably worse than the last time. Man. And we find out if a you lot. want superpowers, you gotta <laughs> go down to Roxxon. Yeah, uh, go hand it out <laughs> the superpowers left and right. Head down to Roxxon for your superpowers. <laughs> so 
we then flash back after everything starts to go horribly wrong to the present where Ty is crying in the middle of the church where Tandy lives. Uh, he explains everything that's going on with him. Here's a moment. I'm betting you didn't like that much. So he's talking about the shit that's going wrong with him. And Tandy's like, actually, I have a problem of my own I want you to help me with, which I honestly, I like the fact that they let her be selfish. What I mean by that, Pete, who is mean to me sometimes on this podcast. Oh, I'm mean to you? Yeah, you're really mean to me. Oh, I'm mean to you? Yes, you're very mean to me, and you make me cry. Oh, thanks. Now I feel okay. Uh, I like the fact that they don't let the kids be like these plucky heroes right off. That Tandy, like we talked about, is kind of an asshole sometimes. Yeah, a lot of the time. Yes, but her interrupting Ty... It has a purpose. It lets Ty move forward in his journey by the end of the episode as well. Uh, So that's good. But she clearly doesn't intend that. She takes his thing and turns it into her thing, even if it does pan out well for both of them by the end of the hour. So she explains that she thinks if they go to Ivan, they both touch him at the same time. They both use their powers. They can go inside Ivan's mind. Right. Now, did you see how disrespectful she was when she went into that? Like, Ty was like, what the fuck are you doing you're fuck. You can't just break into this home, and then she's like, "What does it matter?" She's waving in front of the dude's face like he's not even a real person. Again, that was so yes. disrespectful. One hundred percent. But it, can I? Yes. Can we back up the truck because something yes. happened that really bothered oh, me. Oh, sure. Oh, oh, one thing. Yeah, just one thing. <laughs> okay, so we saw the start of the bad day, right? Yeah. And then we saw, and how, they play that song. So you had a bad day. No, they don't. Do, 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 do. I would. I don't know if that would make it worse no. or whatever. Anyway, so <laughs> he's walking through, and he's kind of mad because nobody ordered the shields he wanted, right? Yep. And we hear this song playing. Yeah. That we think is the TV show telling us how to do, how to feel. But then it cuts to him in present day humming that song. Mm-hmm. Where the fuck did that music come from? He was in the middle of a factory. What are you talking about? It's on the soundtrack... It's inside of his mind. It's playing on the soundtrack. It's playing. It's the theme of the show. Uh, and I was a weird fourth wall break for me where I was like, I thought this was music for me, but it turns out it's music for the guy. I'm not quite sure what you mean here. Okay, so you know how in TV shows, when things get intense, they'll play music? Sure. <laughs> so... We're, things are getting intense and music is playing, but I don't know that that's music that the character can hear. So he's humming this song that I thought was just for us, the viewer, but that turns out is for him somehow. Like, I was like, where the fuck did this music come from? Was it somebody in his factory playing that song? No, no, no. It's just playing over the soundtrack of the show. And the, But this is what he was humming the last episode, and this is what stuck in his mind. Right, but where did he hear that song from? It's uh, just a song that got stuck in his head. The song is, hold on, I, I'm looking it up. It's Sons and Daughters by, wait, wait, uh, by the Decemberists. Okay. Which ties into the themes of the show because I he, just For me, it was a weird fourth wall break moment. I don't think that's what it is, though. Okay. It's 
it's, it's just that nobody was like he didn't walk by a jukebox. He wasn't like, hey, Steve, turn that down. I love that song. You know, I've got a daughter. But like, no, there was no moment where we saw that he was hearing that music. I thought that oh, music I see was what just you're saying, that yeah. that would have been the last song he heard before he ended up at the comatose right. state. Okay. Yes, that did not happen. Absolutely. I understand what you're saying now. But it's the song is Son and Daughters by the Sebaris. The whole thing is about here, I'll read a couple. Yeah, I don't of care what the song's about. No, just... it's important because it's the themes of the show, Pete. Right, it's but... the themes of the episode. Great, a song matches the theme of the show. That's cool. But I was just confused as to how the character. Here's how. Here's why I think this is happening. Right? Okay. Yeah. It just structurally, last episode we heard him going. Hmm, 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 right. Hmm, hmm, hmm. But you don't know exactly what the song is unless you're intimately familiar with the Decemberists. Right. So if you watch the last episode, you hear the Sons and Daughters song, you may still not have put it together with his humming, and then they cut to his hunting, and that is a way of indicating, oh, this is what he has been humming the entire time. Right. This is what stuck but in his But we head. never saw him li- listen to that song. I think you're getting hooked into a thing that doesn't matter. Okay. I understand cool. what you're saying. But cool. again, just to read a couple of the lyrics of the song, when we arrive, Sons and Daughters will make our homes on the water. We'll build our walls of aluminum. We'll fill our mouths with cinnamon now. These currents pull oh us God. across the border. That's just like the show. Oh, my God. Why are you Thank making you. fun of this? Because it's a fucking song. What are you talking about? You, you, love, it you love it when they do this on Legion. When they do this on Legion, where they have a diegetic song that says the themes of the show, you're like, that's fucking brilliant. But it's because it's Cloak and Dagger because no, you don't not, like Cloak and Dagger. I just... I, just it just seemed like I a bigger moment. I got you so bad right now. No, no. I, no, that is not true. Yeah. Anyways, moving on. <laughs> so moving on, they end up jumping into his mind. They do figure out how to open the door, and they find themselves inside the rocks on platform, cut, uh, stuck in this loop that Ivan has been in for eight years. Yeah. And not just eight years, but time works differently there, it seems. Yeah. It was hilarious where he was like, oh, my God, you're here. What a time to be alive. <laughs> that yeah. was an amazing life. He's great. It just So it's essentially it's driven him insane. He yeah. doesn't remember what his name is. Yeah. He doesn't remember like, anything. You guys the- have names? Yeah, yeah that was, it, 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 everything that happens there yeah. is really fun. Uh, but the other thing that happens is we find out almost immediately that Tandy has a much better hold on her powers there. And in fact, Ty is also being able to get a much better hold on his powers. Yes, there. which he says in this dream kind of world, yeah. this is like. So, but. Well, wait. I, hold, I, hold up. So we got to talk about yeah, when they what? first show up. Yes. They're. He goes, yeah, we have a minute 40 until the world ends. Yes. And so they're like, cool. Yeah, we got to get downstairs to the thing to turn it off. Oh, they don't That's go slowly. That's before they know uh, it's a loop. They, Why wouldn't you have some urgency? Because as soon as somebody them, says, I have a minute 40 until the whole world ends, I'm a rush. Well, here, here's to part save of it is previously when they've got into these dream states, and if you're just picking up the show... Uh, Tandy can go into people's hopes and Ty can go into people's fears. Right. We've also speculated about how much time it takes. Oh, because ter- so they're inside some dude's head. They don't have to hurry is what your point is? Well, I don't think they think they have to hurry because so far nothing has affected them physically. That's true. And they find out pretty quickly that the zombies, the can terrorists, them, as yeah. Ivan calls them, can attack them. But I still think there's a place where they're like, well, this is just all happening in his mind. Yeah. This isn't going to affect us. And they don't realize sense. until they go through the first loop that, that this is sense. going to affect them in some way. 
But here's what I wanted to say. This is what I loved about this episode, just on a purely structural level. We've been talking about how ugh, we don't really want to have the like, come on, let's figure out how to use our powers montage. That's what this episode was, and that's awesome. It was a sneaky it was, way. Yeah, it was a sneaky way. Also, that wait, that wait, was... hold on. I just want to finish. It was a sneaky way of getting them up to speed with their powers, so when they get out of there. Ty knows how to teleport. Tanti knows how to use her daggers and fight. And we don't have to spend them doing that on the outside while it still works structurally for the show. I think that's really smart. Also, there was a funny moment where she was like, hey, you're really improving with your powers. Of course, it was the middle of a battle, which was yeah. driving me nuts. Yeah. But like that was a but sweet it's great. little moment. This is also a big deal, which we haven't really touched on, because this is the first episode of the entire show that they're working together. Together, which yeah. I was finally like, I don't care if you're stuck in a loop. <laughs> as long as you're fucking together and talking, I'm happy. Yeah, well, that's a lot. There were so many things that were accomplished this episode, just, again, on a structural level for the season. They learned how to use their powers. They learned how to work together. They became friends and maybe something more by the end of the episode. Don't. Uh, Hold on. Uh, and th so there were some huge steps in this. This is why I started off thinking, oh, another sci-fi show with another Groundhog's Day episode, but ended up really loving it by the end of the episode because they took so they used it to take so many big leaps forward. Can I uh, guess on something that you thought was really funny? Sure. Mr. Flambe. <laughs> did you love that part? Yeah, I did love that. <laughs> Everything. Knew it. So Ivan uh, calls one of the guys who's been burned, Mr. Burned Flambe. To a Chris, Mr. Flambe. So the interesting, other interesting thing about this episode is there's a lot of big stuff that happened, but relatively speaking, it was really simple. I like the fact that it does. I, I didn't go back and time it, but every two or three minutes or so, the world does reset with some yeah. regularity. So they structurally, again, from the level of the script, they have to figure out how to write a script where every scene starts in the same place and ends a minute to two minutes after the previous scene has started, which I thought was really cool. Yeah. So what does happen, though, is that Ty and Teddy do get stuck in this Luke. Ty figures out how to teleport. He tries to shut down a kill switch and a number of other switches in order to stop the explosion in the Roxxon. But it doesn't work. Them. It doesn't work. Uh, they don't immediately figure out why. At the same time, or immediately after that, what Tandy figures out is that somebody is calling Ivan on the phone. That person is her dad. Her dad. What did you think about that, Pete? Now, that was, as soon as that happened, I'm like, Tandy's not going anywhere. Yeah. She has been waiting forever to speak to her father. And as soon as he says, hi, pumpkin, it was all. Oh, my old. gosh. And that part where she was like, oh, yeah, yeah, let's count to three and we'll let go together. I was like, she is not letting go. Yeah. So she they decide to get out. They figure out how to get out. And like you said, yeah, she stays in there. By the time Ty gets back in, which has only been a couple of seconds in the yeah. real world, she's been through hundreds of loops. She started to forget herself. She is only into talking to her dad, and that's it. Yes, Pete. Also, like, Ty goes back for her. Ty is a fantastic person. He is. He goes back for her, even though he has no reason to go back for her. But he does go back for her. Well, we've talked about this. One of the, again, interesting things I think about the show is that Tandy has the light power. She has the hope powers. But she's generally a very negative person. She doesn't believe in hope. She yeah, doesn't. She was believe. throwing daggers at her boy. Yeah, she is Straight not very fighting. nice. 
Ty, on the other hand, has to find a way to harness this darkness, even though he really is the better person. Yeah. Maybe not the better person, but at least he has a better better attitude right now. Uh, One other thing that I want to mention, uh, the episode is called Lotus Eaters, and this is based on a Greek myth. Yeah, that's from the... uh... From the Odyssey, I believe. Yeah, but I was thinking of uh, what's that movie where it was like something in the lightning uh, where they get stuck in that lotus casino where they keep eating lotus leaves and no time changes and they stay there forever. What is that? The lightning thief, something, something, the lightning thief. Oh, the Olympians? Uh, uh, Percy Jackson? Yeah, Percy Jackson, the lightning thief, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that classic tale from Homer, Percy Jackson, the lightning thief. Yeah. Uh, this actually goes back to Homer's The Odyssey, uh, where Odysseus is sailing with his crew. They get to an island where, like in the classic movie Percy Jackson, yeah, yeah, uh, they end up eating a mysterious plant, uh, and only by tying themselves to a ship can they forget, like actually forget the lotus plants. It's basically, it's addictive. So that's essentially what happens here. Ivan gets stuck in this loop where he's just comfortable with the things he's doing. More so for Tandy, she's tantalized. She's tempted by the voice of her father to forget herself. And it only is with Ty suggesting to her, ask your father something only you would know. Yeah, that was a brilliant move on Ty's part. It's a brilliant move on Ty's part. But it was also really cool when he came back and she was like, I don't need anything. I got my hat. I got my cards. I got it was great. Really- uh, the question that she does ask and the answer is heartbreaking. Well, that's the thing. Because I was like, why are you talking to him on the phone? If it's really him, he would be like, how am I talking to you? You're in my back seat. Because and it was driving me nuts the whole episode. This is why. But then yes. paid off. Right. And I think part of it is that she doesn't care. Because at first it's just... They talk about this later as well, where Ty explains he's forgotten his brother's voice. She probably doesn't really remember her father's voice at this yeah. point either. And to hear it again affects her so emotionally and so powerfully that she immediately gets sucked in. Yeah. And by, Which I wasn't mad at. I was like, oh, yeah, she's done. Yeah, 100%. So by the time Ty comes back to her... She's already forgotten that. She can't really think to ask this question until he prompts her, until he pushes her. And she ends up asking the one question, which is, who's in the back of your car? And he says, nobody. And she starts crying. Of course, we know as viewers, and she knows that she was in the back of the car as a kid. It breaks her heart, but it also breaks her out of this reverie that she's in. Powerful stuff. And it gives her the ammunition to figure out how to break Ivan out as well. Because they realize Ivan is the person that actually needs to break out of the cycle. Yeah. Yeah. So she reminds him this is where we get back to the cookies. You want to talk about this again? Yeah. So this is the part where she knows the secret ingredient. And what makes so much sense about why he's such this smart, like, scientist guy and he can't figure out what the secret ingredient is, which I think is part of the reason he's in this loop. And when he hears what she says, he's like, of course. Then he snaps out of it, and then he's yeah. ready to go. And it's such a powerful, amazing move. Oh, it was great. Again, the Because it was like, why do I wonderful. care about cookies so much? Yeah. Why do you ca- I mean, I think cookies are delicious, but like, it's not. It was such a weird detail in the last episode. Huge, it felt unnecessary. Payoff. It's great. And they spell it out for us. It's just like you let it put it together of Mm -hmm. like, that's why. And I love the fact that Tandy was able to do it, too, because we this is part of her journey, right? This is her journey to becoming a hero. She helps somebody else. Yeah. She was the one fighting for him. She was like, we're not leaving him. Yeah. We, 
because at first he was like, okay, we got to go. And she's like, we're staying and we're going to figure this out with him. Yeah, 100%. Because and they do, like, the whole thing about her father, and she was like, I can help this daughter not lose a father. Oh, it's great. It's unbelievable. And they eventually do break about, and immediately he's like, who are For you, you guys? <laughs> yeah, which, which was like, oh, we've been through this whole thing together. Right. Yeah. But I love that. I love that detail because the... My impression is when Tandy and Ty use their powers, they create a feeling in somebody else, but yeah. those people don't see the same thing that Tandy and Ty do. Mm-hmm. So Tandy and Ty going into his head, he doesn't know he's been in a loop for all these years. He doesn't know that he's been stuck at the factory or anything like that. Uh, he just knows that he's been in this catatonic state and suddenly come out of it. Um, he looks great, by the way, for being in a catatonic state for eight years. I yeah. just got to say that. Phenomenal. Yeah. But she, he reconnects with his daughter, which, again, I oh, thought was wonderful. Just absolutely amazing. Great. And then what, what happens? They go all their separate ways. And then Ty calls her. And she goes, why are you fucking calling me? Oh, I don't know. Maybe because we've been through this whole thing together, and maybe, you know, like, I saved your life, and you saved my life. But like, why are you being so mean to me for picking up the phone? Here, here's my interpretation of that. I think Tandy forces people away, right? She expects yeah. to be alone. She expects to be left alone. She took Ty along on her thing, yeah. the thing that she needed to do. So she didn't think she was going to call him. She definitely thinks about him when she puts on his brother's hoodie. Yeah, when the hoodie she stole from him, that's going to be fucking awkward when she has to tell him, oh, sure, yeah, your dead brother's hoodie. He, I've been wearing that for years, motherfucker. He has the Bill A slipper from her, too. So they're oh, a little bit, a little bit. Okay. Yeah, so they, they both right. got their own things. Touche. But... I love that, too, because that felt like I know they're not in a romantic relationship, at least yet. But the idea of you spent almost a lifetime with this person, but still want to call them at the end of the day. That's romantic, dude. dude that is no, romantic the romance happened when she goes, play it again. Yes, and that both like, of those <laughs> moments, both of those things, him calling her dude, super because when romantic. when the phone rings. And she's like, oh, shit, the phone the phone is ringing. Like, what if it's your dad, you know? Because you've been, like, oh, that was my that's first. that's good detail. I, I didn't was even like, think of that. Yeah. Oh, shit, the phone's ringing. Are you going to hear high pumpkin on the other end? Yeah. Uh, that's all of the stuff. There were so many resident. You're absolutely right. There were so many resident images that went back and forth from the real world to the imagined world throughout this episode. Uh, at the end of the episode, like you said, Ty plays... His brother, a tape of the voice of his brother for him and Tandy, them rapping. It's yeah. super dorky. Oh, but it's also pretty good. But it's wonderful. The Franken Beans line oh, was it's funny, so man. I love that Franken Yeah, and Beans when line. she says play it again, just oh, really, just like that me. absolutely got me in my heart. Oh. Um, this show is wonderful. I love the show so, so <laughs> much. Dude, and I play it again was like that classic, like play it again, Sam. Yeah. Like, it was and such I a... love too that this episode is one of the first episodes that really had any sort of superhero action in it, but it didn't neglect tremendous character development. It didn't neglect the visual acumen that it showed over the past several episodes. I thought it was fantastic. What I loved about this episode is <gasps> she finally is becoming a good person, so I can now root for her. Pete, the th- my three favorite moments of the episodes, the moments that touched me, were one, when he realized the cookie had cardamom and he remembered his daughter. Two, 
when she said play it again, and three, right now when you said I love this episode. <laughs> <laughs> That's what touched me the most. <laughs> All right, this episode only cloak or dagger. Who won the episode, Pete? Cloak. Oh, you were on the fence there for <laughs> a second, paused. weren't you? I paused. It was a oh, pause. Oh man, it was cloak a pregnant still. pause. Yeah, there was a pregnant pause. Yeah, cloak still. Holding it down, going back for her, then calling her, I, sharing I, that tape. I will agree with you. I think uh, Aubrey, Joseph, and Cloak were fantastic this episode. I continue to love absolutely everybody in this cast, but this was a great heroic episode for him. He was really earnest. What he did was really powerful and really strong, and I think that's great. Yeah. If you like the show and would like to support it, patreon.com slash comic book club. Also, we do a live show every Tuesday night at 8 p.m. at the Pit Loft in New York. Please Come on by and tell your friends. Pete, what do you want to plug? Friend us on Facebook so you get to know about the amazing guests we have on our live show. Follow us on Twitter at Comic Book Live. Also, the new handle at Cloak Jabber. Uh, and check us out on our website, comicbookclublive.com for the podcast more. And we'll see you at the beach. Cashback is not available on gas in New Jersey and Wisconsin. Hey, good morning. You're heading to the airport, right? Yeah, thanks for checking. I like the car. How long have you been a rideshare driver? About three years now. I really enjoy it. Isn't it hard to make money these days with the price of gas being so high? Not for me. I use Upside, the free app that gives you cash back for every gallon of gas you buy. Wait a minute. Are you saying you actually get real money back when you get gas with the Upside app? Yep, I get real cash back every time I get gas. Does that actually add up to anything? I'll make around $200 to $300. Wow, that's serious extra cash. I'm downloading the Upside app now. Download the free Upside app now to earn real cash back every time you buy gas. Use promo code CAR for an extra 25 cents a gallon bonus on your first tank. You can cash out anytime right to your bank account, PayPal, or a gift card for Amazon and other brands. Just download the free Upside app and use promo code CAR for a 25 cents a gallon bonus on your first tank. That's code CAR.